Let's open the Scriptures to the book of Exodus, chapter 30. We'll also read a few verses from the letter of Paul to Titus, Titus chapter 3. But let's begin in Exodus 30. We're going to zero in on the next bit of furniture in the tabernacle, the bronze wash basin. Last time at the Lord's Supper a month ago, we looked at the bronze altar. Exodus 30 at verse 17. The Word of God reads there, The Lord said to Moses, You shall make a basin of bronze with its stand of bronze for washing. You shall put it between the tent of meeting and the altar, and you shall put water in it, with which Aaron and his sons shall wash their hands and their feet. When they go into the tent of meeting, or when they come near to the altar to minister, to burn a food offering to the Lord, they shall wash with water, so that they may not die. They shall wash their hands and their feet, so that they may not die." It shall be a statute forever to them, even to him and to his offspring throughout their generations. Let's turn to the New Testament, to Titus chapter 3, in your pew Bible, page 1272, 1272. And Paul here writes about the washing that Christ gives us, and we'll see the connection to the bronze basin. We'll read the verses 1 through 10. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that, being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. The saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things, so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people. But avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. As for a person who stirs up division, after warning him once and then twice, have nothing more to do with him. Knowing that such a person is warped and sinful, he is self-condemned. The text for this morning comes from Exodus 38. Verse 8, page 99 in the Pew Bible. 
Exodus 38, verse 8. He made the basin of bronze, and that's Moses. He made the basin of bronze and its stand of bronze from the mirrors of the ministering women who ministered in the entrance of the tent of meeting. After the gospel is proclaimed, we will sing together hymn two, stanza three, concerning the work of Christ's Spirit. Saints of God in our Lord Jesus Christ, the last time we gathered to celebrate the Lord's Supper, we saw the shadow of Jesus in the bronze altar of burnt offering. The bronze altar, you may recall, it was the first piece of furniture that you would encounter when you were approaching the tabernacle. It was an imposing piece of furniture. It was the largest of all the furnishings in the tabernacle, and there was fire on it day and night, so there was always flames coming up. It was imposing, and it was designed to strike a note of fear in the worshiper. The Israelites knew that before they could, even through the priest, come into the presence of God in the tabernacle, you first had to go through the fire of God's wrath. But they also experienced relief at the altar of burnt offering, for the gospel message was that God allowed for them, and God even provided for His people a substitute to be consumed in the flames instead of them. In every animal that was brought to the altar of burnt offering, in the lamb that lay on it, you remember, all through the night, every night, the Israelites could see the shadow of the coming Savior, Jesus. They saw a picture of Christ taking their punishment for them. That was the, the picture or the gospel symbol of the bronze altar, and now this morning we're going to see the gospel symbol of the bronze basin. For after the, the pouring out of blood comes the washing with water. And that'll be our theme this morning as I proclaim to you this word of God, wash in the bronze basin of Christ's Spirit. Wash in the bronze basin of Christ's Spirit. There were, I think you, you probably know by now, there were only two pieces of furniture outside of the tabernacle proper, the bronze altar and with it this bronze basin. Both, obviously, are made of bronze. Once the priest would, would go past these two pieces of furniture, he would pass through a curtain into the holy place, and it was different there. Everything inside the holy place was covered in gold. But everything out in the courtyard where the Israelites could gather and where the animals were brought for sacrifice, everything was covered with bronze. Why would that be? 
Bronze, in those days at least, was a combination of copper and lead. It was known to be a, a strong metal. It was also a fairly common metal. Compared to the gold of the, the tabernacle proper, bronze was not very valuable. And bronze was a mixture. Bronze was impure. And so it became a, a fitting symbol given by God to represent the impure, the earthly environment where man lives, compared to the pure, holy environment where God lives in the tabernacle. Remember that the tabernacle was designed, it's, it's like a giant picture, a symbolic picture, designed to tell a story, to give a message to God's people. The tabernacle is actually a picture, you could say, of heaven on earth. It's a, a symbol, a pic, pictorial symbol of the Creator dwelling in the midst of His sinful creatures. But not only that, it was a picture of how the sinful creature, man, was enabled to actually come close and to enter right into the presence of sinless God. The bronze reminded and taught the people of their imperfections and their earthly standing. The gold reminded them of God's perfection and God's heavenly standing. And this bronze altar, as we, we saw, was, was given to deal with their sin. So was the bronze basin standing close by. Well, what is this bronze basin all about? Basically, what we know of it, it was a, a tub of water. We don't know how big it was. In fact, it's the only piece of furniture in the tabernacle that the Bible does not give dimensions for. We don't know its size. We don't even know its shape. Could have been square, could have been round, could have been rectangular or other shapes, perhaps. But apparently none of that matters, but what is important is that the basin was filled with water and was a place for the priests to wash. And they had to wash twice. They had to wash as they approached the bronze altar, and they also had to wash again as they left the bronze altar to go into the tabernacle itself. So you've got the bronze basin and you've got the bronze altar and we have to see that they, they work together, they're, they're in close proximity, but also uh, theologically they're in close proximity. They work in tandem, you could say. Exodus 30 is very clear about their connection. The priests had to wash both their hands and their feet in that bronze basin. And the Lord is very insistent on that, this is not optional. He specifically says if they didn't wash before going to the bronze altar to sacrifice, they would die. And if they didn't wash after they had sacrificed on the bronze altar, before going into the holy place, they would die. To approach the Lamb and to approach the presence of God, they needed to be washed. Why? Because they were sinners, those priests, and they represented the people who were sinners. And sinners like us, we don't have access to the holy things of God, much less to the holy God Himself, unless God cleanses us of sin. 
That's what this washing is emphasizing. It was a constant reminder of, in the one hand, the dirtiness of our sinful hearts, sinful nature. And the mirrors help with that. I wonder if you noticed that, that kind of peculiar detail in our text in Exodus 38. He made the bronze basin from the mirrors of the ministering women who ministered at the entrance of the tent of meeting. The thing was made of mirrors, this bronze basin. Mirrors provided by the ladies. It specifically mentions that these ladies were ministering at the entrance to the tent of meeting. Now, in the book of Exodus, you can find uh, almost a toggling back and forth between the tent of meeting and the tabernacle. The tent of meeting was actually existed before the tabernacle. It, it was an actual tent where Moses and other Israelites would go to meet with God and speak with God. It was like a, a, a forerunner to the tabernacle. Later, it was replaced by the tabernacle, and sometimes the tabernacle was called the tent of meeting. And apparently, a number of women were dedicated to serving the Lord at the entrance to this tent. We don't know really what they did precisely. This is the only reference in the Bible to their existence. The Bible does not record a special assignment for these ladies. But practically speaking, there, there must have been plenty of things to do to maintain the ministry at the tabernacle. Perhaps they were then assisting the priests or the Levites in preparing the, the meals, maybe in cleanup, maybe in mending of clothes. Whatever the case, they wanted to help and serve. They were dedicated to the service of the Lord, so dedicated, apparently, that they were willing to give up their mirrors. Now, these mirrors were not like our mirrors today. The mirrors we have today are, are very clear. You can look into them and see a very full reflection of yourself. But what they had was highly polished metal, usually bronze. Like you can see yourself maybe in one of your, your mom's cooking pots. If you went to the kitchen and took out a, a really shiny pot, that's the kind of mirror they would have had in Bible times. And the women gave them up for the bronze wash basin. The result was that every time a priest approached the bronze basin, he would see a reflection of himself. He would see the dirt that needs washing, maybe some of the blood that had spilled on him from the animal sacrifice or whatever it was, other dirt, and it would remind him all that he needed washing from. It would remind him of his spiritual condition, the dirt of his own sinful heart. Can you see in all this, brothers and sisters, the, the, the silhouette of Christ starting to take shape? The message of the bronze basin is you can't touch the lamb. We'll go further. You can't touch the lamb of God, Jesus, nor can you go in and live with God in his holy dwelling place unless you are first washed by the Spirit of Christ. Unless you are first regenerated, we would say, in the language of the New Testament. 
The washing of the bronze basin was a picture of the washing provided by Christ in His Spirit. Just as Paul wrote about it to Titus in those, that passage we read, he uses the same word for washing as, as is used in our text to describe the basin. To approach the Lamb of God, you first needed to be regenerated by the Spirit of God. That's the first washing. That's the initial cleansing of our hearts. And then after the blood of Jesus has been offered on the bronze altar and takes away your guilt in the eyes of the judge, the Spirit of Jesus in the bronze basin removes our daily filth. That's that second washing. It removes the impurity of our daily sins so that we can walk past the curtain and we can enter into the presence of God cleansed from our sin. This bronze basin is symbolizing the ongoing work of the Spirit, the daily cleansing from our sins. Isn't that what we have communicated to us in the Lord's Supper? The blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus is provided for the forgiveness of all our sins. But just as much, the Spirit of Jesus is provided for the daily cleansing of all our sins. This supper is meant to refresh us with comfort. Our sins are taken away. And at the same time, to re-energize us with spiritual strength to press on in our commitment to live as God's holy people. The Lord Jesus, by His blood and Spirit, has pulled back the curtain and ushers us into the presence of His, fathers, His Father. Our sins cannot hold us back. They've been paid for and we've been washed. We've been washed. So, brothers and sisters, Come, partake in the supper of the Lord and be renewed in your service. Your sin has been paid for and the remaining sin in your life and mine, it's, it's slipping away, it's ebbing away, it's being washed away. And service to our God is winning the day. Amen.